As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Top five, a show where we count things down from number five to number one. Thank you for joining us this week. And as always, listener request, listener request podcast at majorspoilers.com. It's real easy to do. If you've got a top five you'd like us to talk about, podcast at majorspoilers.com. Subject line <laughs> show top up, five. You ask, you say, Stephen, I want you to do top five. No, probably don't, 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 don't demand. Here's the better way to do it. Stephen, here are some top five suggestions, and I will go through them. <laughs> And I will pick out one that is appropriate or ones that are appropriate. The like this week, like this week, top five habits slash rituals. Okay. I don't know if you know how inappropriate this one got. <laughs> I, I don't know. Mine's very appropriate. I think uh, mine took a lot of whittling to get to appropriate habits. I mean, picking your nose or popping your zits. I mean, those are not, Ew. I mean, we probably don't want to hear about those, Matthew. It's just gross. Why would you do that? I don't know. You said you had to cut down your list, so I just figured. After you assumed it was something gross? Well, it said you had to keep it, you know, nice. Mine, my number five, for example, <laughs> I think habits are really, really important, but the thing is, it takes a long time to create a habit. It takes about 30 days to make a habit, and it only takes a few days to break a habit. And one habit that, ah, for years, my wife and I were just so busy in the morning I would not make the bed. We'd just get out of bed and then the bed would be a mess. And then at bedtime, we'd just, you know, kind of straighten out the, the blanket and, and go to bed. Right. And so one day I just said, you know what? I'm going to take the literal 30 seconds it takes to make the bed and I will make the bed. So for the last, I don't know, five years now, every morning, my habit is as soon as I get out of bed, I make the bed and then that's done. And so that is a habit that I do. All the time now. Hmm. What do you have for number five, Matthew? See, that's weird. Cause I've, I've always just sort of felt like if I'm just going to wreck it in a couple hours anyway, I think it, I think it adds, honestly, I think what it does is it, the room looks when I walk into the bedroom and I see a, a nicely made bed and everything is put away. It mm -hmm. looks inviting and you never know who's going to come over. It might be, uh, the guy coming over to, uh, inspect the house, uh, and spray for bugs. It might be, you know, a family member, it might be somebody coming over to record and they're going to walk by the, the door that has my bedroom in it. And I don't want people to look in and just see a mess. And right. so seeing that nicely made bed, plus there's something nice about getting into a bed that is, that is made that you don't have to wiggle around for five minutes after you get into the bed, trying to make all the sheets and all the, 
the bedding and everything go into place. It's just, you pull back the covers, you slide in, you pull them back over and you're set. It just makes the house look nicer and cleaner. So making the bed, mm. my number five. I would have to wiggle around repeatedly, but when I was prepping tonight's list, I couldn't really think of rituals or habits that I'm aware of. I will be, ad- I, I will admit this was a tough one for me. Yeah, and I'm I'm a very uh, I'm a process oriented person. My my daughter was making fun of me the other day because when I answer the phone and I'm at work, even if I know it's her, even if I'm calling her, I answer the phone with the exact same cadence and intonation. So I'm like, well, I don't know if I have habits. And I said, Stacy, Sarah, do I have habits? And oh my god, oh my god, do I have habits? But my number five of the appropriate ones that I'm willing to share is one that has been in place since 1998. In 1998, uh, I had a night job, and I had a few extra bucks in my my checking account for some reason, and I literally went to Walmart at 3 a.m., bought a Nintendo 64 and a copy of WrestleMania 2000. And I came home, and I created, on that game, my wrestling league. Now, I don't know if you know this about the WWE games, but they release a new one literally every year. And in the year 2018, I'm on about my 17th or 18th iteration. You get that new game. My number five habit is getting that new game, plugging it in, going through the create a wrestler mode, and creating the Mighty King Cobra. And you may think that this is, you know, oh, that sounds silly. It's not silly. It's very important because you can't start by creating King Cobra. You have to create somebody else to get a feel for the creator wrestler mode and futz around a little bit, then you can kind of go through and figure out what you're going to do. And they change things up and they change the tattoos and the hairstyles and the things that are available. So you have to find something that's appropriate because this character has been around since 1998 and he looks a certain way. And if the creative character, the creator wrestler mode doesn't have appropriate stuff to do this, I will literally stop playing the game. And Widget is still mad at me because she got a WWE 16 for me for Christmas a couple of years ago. And I got the game and I went in and I found that they had removed the big Cobra chest tattoo. And I stopped playing the game. I never picked it up again. But that is an important, an important ritual that I have. When I get that new wrestling game, you have to go in, you futz around, and you create the Mighty King Cobra. Because if you don't have your avatar, you can't play the game. So you haven't played the game since 2016 or have they I haven't reinstated played the 2016 it? game? Well, they, the last one that came out was 2018, which came out in 2017. Theoretically, uh, this fall we'll get 2019. And since I have a PS4 now, I'm thinking about getting 19 for the PS4. 19 plus four is 23. So I technically jumped seven levels. Yeah, but you still didn't answer the question. Have they reinstated the... The chest tattoo, or have you no. still not been able to play it because they don't have the chest tattoo? I found other stuff. They didn't return oh, okay. that same tattoo. It was based on a guy who's no longer in the Federation. And when that guy left, they took his stuff out of the creator wrestler mode. Mm, I haven't okay. really messed around with 17 much, but you know. Okay, cool. Uh, we are on to our number fours and, uh, I don't know. I move around a lot. Uh, on average, I move or had moved uh, since, well, even before college uh, or as I entered college, I would move about every three to five years. 
new apartment, new house, new city, new state, uh, all of those kinds of things. And I got in the habit when I was moving to get rid of about 50% of my stuff. It's just like, here's stuff I don't need. Here's stuff I'm not going to move. Here's stuff I don't want to move. Here's stuff I'm not going to pay somebody else to move. And so I would just throw it away or donate it or get rid of it or just whatever, right? Uh, my wife and I have moved into this house now for 10 years. And so I haven't had a chance to do a deep clean uh, <laughs> of, of my stuff and to get rid of things. And so at the beginning of this year, I started doing something that I call five things, where every day I find five things that bring me no joy, five things that I have no use for, five things that uh, are just, you know, clutter sitting around like a bent paper clip. What do I need this bent paper clip for? Throw it in the trash. What do I need this old magazine for that has no bearing on anything that I that I do? Why am I still holding on to this? And so I've been decluttering for the last uh, three, three and a half months. As of this recording, it is uh, it's mid-April. So I guess it's four and a half months. And I find that this is super satisfying. This is, I mean, if I can continue to do this by the end of the year, I will have thrown away or gotten rid of 25,000 things. And they don't have to be big things. That's one thing people look at and go, well, how, how are you going to have anything left? I mean, right, how do you do bent, that? A bent paper clip is a thing, right? If I'm throwing that away, that is a good thing. So, uh, a habit that I've been doing, uh, daily now since the beginning of the year is what I call five things. And it is me getting rid of five things that no longer need to be in my life. And life is pretty good right now. I mean, as far as the, the, the rooms seem bigger, there seem to be a lot more things that, uh, or a lot more space that I have in, in the house. And it's because I'm just getting rid of things that serve no purpose. You, you still have two sons, right? Um, no, actually. I got rid of them the very first thing. Remember, I said things that don't bring me joy or love to my life. Oh. May's coming up, and oh. I know I'm, I'll be down to the M's sometime in May, Matthew. So uh, just keep that in mind. What is your number four? You're not going to get rid of me. I'm the only one who understands your jokes. I don't laugh, but I understand. Weirdly, your number four is about five things. My number four is twice that. My number four habit or ritual for about the past three and a half years, I get to work around 7 a.m. because of the way uh, my drop-offs work. We have three adults, three different jobs, two working cars. And so I get dropped off at work what used to be an hour early. It's now 30 minutes early because I asked to have my shift moved back. And I sit down at my office and I look at the internet and I'm like – Hmm, what have I got in a queue? And I look at a queue, and it's usually today's queue, for instance. Someone had dared me to come up with 10 superheroes who had nice behinds. And I said, I can do that. I can do that in my sleep. And so my number four habit is every morning at 7, I sit down at my desk at work, and I start preparing what I do at lunch, which is the daily episode of 10 Things. Uh, we also do this at Majorspoilers.com. You should go check them out. They're actually kind of cool. Even Stephen once said, hey, that one was almost clever, which for Stephen is high praise. Um, but it's really kind of, I don't know, it prepares me for my day. It's a, a moment of zen where I'm like, okay, these are things that I know I understand and can control. So no matter how many people call up to yell at me, 
how many people call up. Lately, we've been getting a rash of people calling up and asking, I need to confirm this information. And I say, there is no information. And they're like, are you saying there's no information? And I'm like, yes, I literally just said that. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating. My job is to get yelled at for hours at a time by strangers about things that I cannot help, cannot usually fix. All I can do is send you on to the person who can help and fix them. And those people generally don't answer the phone. I always answer the phone. But I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter about people who get to not answer their phone. Which is why, to keep my sanity and you know, to make my day go a little quicker, I'll put together my little list of things. I'll think of something clever to say. And on my lunch break, I will post a 10 things. And it will keep me from, you know, I don't know, climbing up a flagpole and screaming at people or, you know, swinging my butt out the window of a car. Okay. <laughs> uh, we don't want to. We, please keep doing those 10 things because the last thing we exactly. want is you swinging your butt out at anywhere. You don't want people swinging their butt out of the window of a car, Steve. Well. I don't want you swinging your butt out the window of a car. Oh, I see. I can think of a number of people that I would like to see, but please. <laughs> but they've all blocked you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Those people who block me on Twitter are, you know, people who can't, uh, can't deal with the truth. Um, let's go to number threes. Back in 2000, I went cold turkey on meat and uh, processed sugars and sugar additives in stuff. Right. And uh, it felt really good. Uh, and one thing that I started doing was I started eating a lot more vegetarian food, which is kind of what happens when you block out all meat from your diet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that lasted about two years of me being uh vegetarian. Uh, I would still eat eggs and I would still eat cheese. So, uh, you know, not, not vegan, uh, in right. that route. Uh, but one thing that I really got in the habit of eating were, uh, veggie, subs and veggie burritos, uh, from a right. Mexican place that we have here in town. And even though I stopped being a vegetarian, I'd like to get back to that. Uh, every time that I go to a place that has a subway sandwich or I order from this Mexican food place here in town, mm -hmm. I still, I would say 95% of the time will still order a veggie sub or a veggie burrito just out of habit because I know yeah. it's good. I know what to expect, and I know that, uh, you know, an hour later, I'm not going to be going, oh, why did I eat that horrible food? <laughs> so you know that it's it's generally fresh. Yeah, it's generally fresh. I mean, yeah. I mean, and you know, it's it's got some uh, relatively good things in it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's just what I, it's just what I do. And it's really weird because I'll go into, like for Subway, for example, I'll, I will go into Subway and I'll step up to the counter and I'm like, Oh man, that foot long cheesesteak sure does look good. It sure does smell good. And the woman will say, ah, what can I get for you today, sir? And it's always the same thing. Foot long veggie sub on the, on the wheat bread, please. Toasted, yep. toasted bread with, with a little bit of a cheese, please. Do you get the uh, chipotle sauce? Cause that really sets no, off. I, I like chipotle sauce, but I end up going with, um, light mayo and spicy mustard. That's not combined bad. together. I'll I'll occasionally also do the uh, salt, just salt, pepper, and oil on a veggie sub, and mm. that's really mm -hmm. good. Yeah, no. If, if I if I if I eat meat on a sandwich, it's either something that I've made here at home, mm -hmm. like leftover ham from from uh, the most recent holiday that we had, mm -hmm. or I will go with some that's kind a, of a kind of a tuna fish thing. Mm -hmm. 
But tuna yeah. fish from a store is something you got to kind of be careful uh, of. You so do. I only do that like maybe once or twice a year. And then I instantly regret it. I've actually come to a strange realization now that uh, the child is vegetarian. I over She's been a vegetarian for like five years, dude. No, she was for about a year and a half, and then she stopped, and then she started again. Oh, okay. But in between, there was about a two-year period where she was eating, you know, meat. Now she's like not even pescatarian. It's vegetarian all the way. Previously, she would eat uh, fish because fish was healthy and chicken because, and I quote, chickens are evil. <laughs> but um, now that she is fully vegetarian, we don't buy a lot of meat for the house, which means that sometimes I'll go out, as I did last Friday, and I'll be like, man, I want something meat. And then we end up at Fogo de Chao and I have a 30 course meat meal from Gaucho's, you know, oh, cutting yeah. off slices of meat. It's yeah. good. Yeah. It's 200 freaking dollars, but it was good. Yeah. 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 It's not yeah. my number three though. No, my, when I, so when I, my number three, uh, I went vegetarian. I still have vegetarian habits with uh, veggie subs and veggie burritos. Nice. It's good for you. Very nice. My number three is one actually that we've touched on a number of times in the show before. Um, I have kind of a a tendency to enjoy having the television on as sort of video wallpaper, but I don't always want it to be something that will catch your eye or really force you to pay attention. And when I get off work, I have been, as we mentioned a moment ago, yelled at for eight hours, and I need I need a sort of a a mental palate cleanser. And lately, which is to say, for the last couple of years, I come home. I get everything squared away. I put my shoes, you know, where the shoes go, and I put my lunch bag away. I sit down on my my happy couch, and I look at the internet, and I'm like, okay, internet. And the internet's like, ah, hate face, hate face. And I'm like, okay. I will turn on my television, and I will usually watch the latest DVR episode of How I Met Your Mother, uh, what the child refers to as, hey, let's watch a TED. Because it's a show that I've seen every one of the 217 episodes of it's a show that I can be entertained by. I can be amused by, but I don't have to devote a lot of brain power to listening and figuring out what's going on there. You know, things I've seen a hundred times before relatively, you know, predictable sitcom in terms of the plotting. Um, but it's something that I sit, kind of regain my my strength i figure out what's going on my wife and i figure out what we're going to make and or usually buy for dinner you know whatever else needs to be done in that day i have that few minutes 15 20 minutes of of how i met your mother to just kind of decompress my brain and have something stupid kind of wipe away the stress of the day it's really like it's like a a sitcom bubble bath only you're not in a comfort food yeah it's something that, you know, it doesn't cost silly. you $200, <laughs> right? It cost me a nickel. Actually, my, uh, cable bill is over $200, but that's because I have like the high speed internet and all the pay channels, but that's not the point. The point is this, when I come home, my number three, a Ted, an episode of how I met your mother to just kind of decompress my brain and get me out of. Yes, sir. I understand. Allow me to transfer you to the next line mode and into woohoo top five mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Uh, my number two, I don't know. I don't know how to classify this. I don't know. It's not really a ritual. It's not really a habit. Maybe it is a habit. Maybe it's a habitual. Mm, maybe. 
ritual de lo habitual. I have this, maybe it's a weakness. Mm. Uh, you know, if someone comes up to me and says, hey, do this, eh, you might get a little resistance, right? <laughs> <clears throat> yes, go on. You might get a little resistance if you just come up to me and say, hey, you need to do this with the things that you control. I might be very hesitant or just outright say no right away. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to think that if someone legitimately comes to me and says, I need help, please help me. Mm. I'll drop everything that I'm doing and try to help that person as much as I can. Right. Uh, and that doesn't matter if it is, you know, a girl scout coming to the door. doesn't matter if it's my kid who's like, you know, I'm right in the middle of doing something really important, right in the middle of a deep thought that's trying to get translated to a page. Right. You know, and he comes in and says, Hey, I need your help, please. Um, you know, I'll, I'll drop and I'll, I'll help. And that includes, you know, strangers. And I, and I think that, uh, I wish that was a habit or a ritual that more people had right to when you just yeah. say, Hey, I need your help. I am, I'm stuck. I'm having trouble. I need, I need something, uh, from right. you. Can you help me please, man? I mm -hmm. will, I will do everything that I can to help that person out. Um, and I don't see that enough. And that's uh, sadly of the things that I've listed so far on my top five, uh, making your bed is something everyone can do, but not everyone <laughs> does the, can you please help me? And I don't, I don't know think I, I can make my bed actually. I don't know if that's a, I don't know where that falls as a habit or a ritual because it's just something that subconsciously, you know, uh, somebody comes up to me on the street and it's clear that they're someone who is destitute mm -hmm. and they're like, give me a buck. I'm like, mm, I'll just keep walking. But if it's someone is like, Hey, can you please help me? I'll give them 20 bucks. Right. Right. And I don't know what that is. It's definitely a habit, but I think it's a habit that's based in sort of a, an empathy. I think it's based in that theory that, you know, somebody, I can't even remember who now was like, you do the best you can with what you have and you give what you can when you can. Right. And you know, you may not have the most resources of anyone in the world, but you're very giving of the resources you have. And that is definitely a habit. And that's a habit that I think most people, more people could benefit yeah. from. I know I it, could. It really, really would. I wish more people would be like, uh, I, I want to help people, you know, when they really, truly need help and ask for it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you have for your number two? Well, nothing that noble. So thanks for making me look. Well, like it's only my number two. So, you know. That's true. My number two is not <laughs> noble necessarily, but it is something that I enjoy and something very sweet. Um, around the Krimica season at my house, which starts sometime in mid-November, which is about the time that I can start budgeting for the holiday you know, celebrations, and we can convince my wife to put up the tree. Uh, the widget and I, for the last, what's it been, seven years, seven or eight years? Well, she's only uh, 14. She's so. 14. I think it's been eight years. We go to the store and we pick out because I can't bake a gingerbread kit. Uh, one year we had a sleigh. We've had a number of houses. We have, uh, you know, we've done weird stuff. We had a train one year and the very first one had a little gingerbread man. And this gingerbread man survives. His name is Steven. 
This is true. His name is Stephen the Gingerbread Man, mm-hmm. and he is now actually more crazy glue than anything else because he's a piece of seven or eight year old gingerbread. But every year we build him a new house or a train or something. We stand him up does and we make the gingerbread his stuff before he moves. He does actually, <laughs> because after the gingerbread house season is up, after the holidays are up, Widget takes it outside and smashes it with a hammer. <laughs> and then we put Steven in the freezer for next year. <laughs> but it's something that we can do together. You know, it's, it's really kind of nice. And I know it has to be more than eight years because we did it before I had to worry about her sneaking a bunch of the candy because of her diabetes. So it's been at least eight years. So since before she was six, we will put this together. We get the stuff. We glue it together. She gets to decorate it. We let her decorate it pretty much however she wants. This year had uh, swirly lines on it and candies all over the place. And little, uh, we got some uh, gummy bat signals mm. because, you know, Stephen likes Batman. That's, that's a law. Stevens love Batman. But every year we make this gingerbread house. And I'm a little sad that it's actually now April and this year's gingerbread house is still up on the TV. We haven't crushed it yet. We haven't put Steven back in the freezer. If we do it right, we can just leave him up as a decoration. Although I have noticed ants, so I'm wondering. But that's neither here nor there. My number two is every year some sort of gingerbread structure that the widget and I put together for the holiday season. With yeah, my Steven. wife and I have a holiday thing uh, where... Uh, usually on Christmas Eve, this is not my number one, but usually on Christmas Eve, uh, for the last couple of years, you know, grandmas and grandpas want to spend all the time with the kids. So we're like, Hey, guess what? Christmas Eve, we're dropping them off at your house. And, uh, <laughs> the wife and I will go and have a really nice sushi dinner. And then he goes, those are the places that are open on Christmas Eve. Right. And then we will go and watch a movie. And then we, uh, go stay at a very nice hotel and just have a very nice time together. Yep. Um, and then the next morning we will get up and then we will go back to my parents' house and hang out and then, uh, take the kids and go home. Nice. So yeah, that's, that's our holiday tradition of the last couple of years. That's neat. But we get all the way up to our number one and it oh, is a oh. ritual that happens every Friday night. Every Friday night. Every Friday night, Matthew, for the last, oh, I want to say 10 years. Mm-hmm. Or maybe eight years. Mm-hmm. About 730. I come downstairs, say goodnight to everybody, and I come downstairs and I begin to edit Critical Hit. Mm. And sometimes it is a session of joy and happiness, and other times it's frustration and anger. Right. The first one is when I talk a lot. The second one is when Rob talks a lot. Um, rev- I, which one did I say was don't, the anger one? Don't, don't. Yeah. It's the you one who doesn't know how to use their mute the button. That's usually the when the anger one starts. I use my mute button about... 40% of the time. Sure. Okay. Let's say that. There's a lot of noises on this end of the house is what I'm saying. Sure. Like let's, I'll use my mute button right now when I say, hey, let's use Steven. Yeah. But anyway, there's something nice about, you know, sitting down at 730 and starting the edit process of cleaning up all the audio tracks and then putting it together and putting the music in and doing everything that needs to be done with that. And it takes quite a while. Just cleaning up the audio tracks can take about two hours of processing time. And so I get to sit there and chat with people online or uh, check some emails that need to be addressed. Or do uh, an ask somewhere me around 1130 at night, it's all done. And then I get a hit upload and then I get to 
to see other people get happy over the, you know, the the fruits of our labors that we that we have. And uh, that's something nice. So my Friday night ritual, it's my number one uh, that I've been doing for eight, nine, ten years. I forget is sitting down and editing and just kind of getting into this weird Zen state of <laughs> uh, of editing critical hit and sharing it with the rest of the world. It's a Zen state. Zen, I do this and Zen, I do well, that. It's, it's something it's something very meditative because I have to sit there and I have to listen for. You know, mm-hmm. all the little, the noises so I can isolate the track and use that to clean up the rest of the track. And then, you know, as it's playing and, and, you know, here's a, here's a bit that people may not be aware of is that I edit at two times speed. So mm-hmm. everything's playing back twice the normal speed and I can hear it and I can pick it up and I know where to take out the things that need to be taken out. Mm-hmm. But there's something that's just very, you know, I'm not focusing on anything else except for that. Yeah. There's something, I mean, it's something where it has a specific goal. Right. It has a specific time frame. And when you do something like that, you know, over and over and over again, it gets to the point where you can do it. You're being creative. You feel like you're doing something really good, but it's also something where your brain can kind of wander a little bit. Yeah, maybe. But I, I, I guess the point in, when trying to be Zen is in getting into that meditative state is that you're highly focused oh. on what you're doing. Oh, and you, you're trying not to let your mind wander. My um, mind wanders all the time. Yes. I, I, did I just mention that I edit critical hit? <laughs> oh, you want me to use my mute button again? You Steven. So yeah, my, and really that should go with all the shows that I have the joy of, um, putting together and, and releasing, but not all of them. Like, uh, for example, top five, I'll go mm-hmm. through and, um, listen to this before it goes out. But I'm not editing it. Basically, it's, hey, listen for any bad words, listen for any things that are not appropriate. Right. But rarely do we have that problem. Uh, well, and so it's, it's usually hard. a very quick edit for this and most of our shows. But the one that takes me the longest to do the post-production in, the one that I get them into the most zen state is is mm-hmm. critical hit. So my Friday night edits are the time where I can just kick back, drink a, a dirty Sinestro, and just <sighs> edit, edit, edit. Yep. Six tracks of audio, man. That's gotta be nuts. It's all right. And the cool thing is even after eight years of doing this thing, I'm still discovering new tricks to, uh, to speed up the process, which is cool. So for example, I've, I figured out a way that, you know, I gang all my clips together so that when I make one edit, they, all of them ripple through, but sometimes Mm -hmm. I just have to take out one chunk of one track and so now I figured out how I don't have to ungroup everything to delete it. I figured out how to do that and it's makes things much easier. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So you're always learning, always improving. Matthew, what do you have for your number one ritual and or habit? My number one ritual and or habit is at least 25 years old and possibly earlier. Uh, because I grew up in central Kansas in a very rural area, I started driving myself for work purposes at just about the age of 13, 13 or 14. Um, And because I had a job that required me driving, I had a learner's permit that allowed me to drive to and from school and actually go and deliver my papers and do work. Um, And I have a number of things that I do when I'm driving. I uh, have a habit of when I go somewhere, I try not to come back the exact same way that I went. And that's, that started out a long time ago with it. I've already been there. Let's go somewhere else. And now it's just, it's almost ingrained to the point where I don't realize I'm doing it. I have a tendency when I'm driving to t- 
talk to the other people, not like yell necessarily, although it does sometimes yell, but talk to people in other cars like they're people that I know. Like, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Get out of my way. You know, you actually, I talk as though they are people. But one thing that I have done for years and years, and I don't necessarily even now remember why, is called the delayed traffic light spell. When I come to or approach a red light, I snap my fingers at it to turn it green. No, oh, I, yeah, I do that. Yeah. And I, I remember in college, somebody asked me, why do you do that? And I'm like, to turn it green. And they're like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, it's a delayed traffic light spell. And they're like, well, why doesn't it always work? I'm like, it does always work. The problem is if I took the time to make it go right now, I might as well just wait for the light. So the delayed traffic light spell actually has a delayed fuse of indeterminate length because you're not actually paying attention to it. It will always turn the light green. It may happen right now. It may not. And it always impresses uh, the child when I can actually do it. Sometimes I'll try to time it. Sometimes I won't where I'll snap my fingers and the light will go green at that second. But for some reason, no matter where I am or what I'm doing, if I come up to a red light, I will almost always just accidentally, habitually snap my fingers to turn that light green. It's, I don't know. I don't know if you would call it, a, you know, a ritual or, or, or habit, a or habit or maybe. Just, eh, I know it could be a ritual. I can see that being a ritual. An indication of underlying issues with my sociological view. I don't know. But whatever it is, it's something that when I become aware of it, sometimes I'm almost embarrassed of it because I don't think about doing it. I don't necessarily intend to do it. And there are times where I've done it so often that I don't realize I'm doing it. So I'll be at a red light and I'll just go like this. and The light will turn and I'll drive away. And someone in the car will be like, how did you do that? And I'm like, do what? I'm just driving a car over here, dude. I got nothing. But it's really one of those moments where you're just like, wow, I am probably not all there. But, <laughs> but, you know, it's also something that if you had to have something weird that you do when you're driving, at least you're not hanging your butt out the window. Yeah. And the last thing we, we want is yeah. for you to hang your butt out the window. That is not the last thing that you want. There are other things I could hang out the window that would be much worse. Yeah, no, I think hanging your butt out the windows. Uh, okay. Whatever, Whatever works for you, man. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Our top five rituals and or habits. Uh, I think that's a pretty good list for everybody. Cool. Maybe something for you to contemplate. You can go, oh, yeah, I'm making my bed every day. Maybe that is something that I can do. And here's the thing. it Really, any habit literally in order for it to ingrain into you in a, in a semi-permanent state is mm -hmm. 30 days. So you can go uh, 30 days without drinking alcohol or 30 days without drinking soda. There's a good chance that that is a habit that is going to stick. Yep. Problem and is with, it only literally only takes one day to break a habit. Yeah. With sufficient repetition, you can actually do it much quicker because we recently were told we had to add a name to our open. So instead of saying name of the place that I work, I say name of the place that I work. This is Matthew. And it took me about six or 700 calls, which was the better part of a day to really get to the point where it flowed. And I'm about a month, month and a half into it. And now I literally can't not say this yeah, is Matthew month, month and a it's half. It's there. Perfect. It's, it's there. there. It's locked in. Yep. 
That's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. We want to know what your top five rituals or habits are. It's real easy for you to do this. You should make it a habit that every time you finish listening to this, I, I know some of our, our dear, 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 dear listeners. Dear like pressure. Uh, Hi, Carl. Is basically a habit for them that as soon as they finish listening to this episode, they head over to Majorspoilers.com and they use the comment section mm-hmm. and they share their top five, whatever the topic is. In this case, it's top five rituals and habits. Yep. And it's really a cool habit to get into. It's a ritual you can perform that will bring you good luck. It's proven, right? <laughs> it is. One weird trick. And right now, Carl is furiously typing about my delayed traffic light spell and the fact that I won't come home the same way I went. Yeah. Listeners, head over there and perform this magical ritual of sharing your top five habits or rituals. I'll mm-hmm. read them. Matthew will read them. Everyone will read them because here's the weird thing. Everybody loves a list. Take care, and we will talk with you next time. This podcast is copyright 2018 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.